This, this, this is, is, Fight Disciples. It's the Fight Disciples. I'm Nick Pete and I'm back, back off me holidays, bronzed and tanned, but raring to go. Summer can't come fast enough. We are off, packed with fights coming up. I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of notice later on about Everton Red Triangle show at Greenbank Sports Academy. Um, which is coming up this weekend. And obviously I want to reflect on the magnificence that was Molly McCann's performance out in South Carolina on Saturday night uh, in the UFC, UFC Greenville. That was absolutely unreal. But first and foremost, before I get anywhere near all that stuff, I want to introduce today's guest. Now, I've had boxers on before. I've had kickboxers on. I've had MMA fighters on. I've had a little bit of everything. But I've never had someone on with the kind of CV this man carries Kickboxer, bare knuckle fighter, MMA fighter, pro boxer, now a trainer, a coach, an advisor, and the new head of MTK MMA. Mate, you do it all, John Gillies. Welcome to the studio. Nice one, mate. <laughs> Absolutely mental. That's some CV, that. Have yeah. you ever counted up all the fights in ev- across everything yeah. that you've done? 127 it was. No way. Yeah. That's why my nose is that. <laughs> your nose is not bad for oh, 127 yeah. fights. That's a good nose. Yeah. I wouldn't Fine. complain. Um, MTK, first and foremost, let's go get stuck into that. That's the new job, yeah. the new role. Uh, first of all, congratulations, Thanks, brilliant mate. opportunity. And listen, I think most fight fans who, who listen to the show will be aware of MTK and their place in boxing, British boxing right now. By far the biggest management company in the country. Got some of the biggest stars, well, probably the biggest star in, in British world, boxing, yeah. in Tyson Fury, Carl Frampton, you name it, basically. The, the roster's unreal. Well over 100, 150 fighters, I think, MTK Boxing's got right now. But they started MTK MMA a year or two ago, was it? Yeah, a year ago now it was. But we haven't really seen a big impact yet. Probably the biggest headline from the whole thing, for me, has been the fact that Darren Till has signed to... The MTK yeah. MMA management, but other than that, you know what's what's next. Darren was the first one for them to sign. Believe it or not, is it? I think we've got like a hundred and two MMA fighters now signed. Wow. We've got I've got Brig in Brazil. He's got I think there's seventy four Brazilians, um, all signed. All signed wow. for MTK. People don't realise how big it is, Nick. Yeah. On the management side, I think we've got something like twelve to sixteen UFC fighters. Of fighters on one championship, um, fight global all over. Wow, that's unreal. Yeah, I think it's be- maybe it's because visually, when we see boxers, because boxers, and you're allowed to wear the MTK logo on your shorts. I guess with UFC, which most yeah, people you, gravitate you to for it, MMA, yeah. it's it's all Reebok gear, so yeah, you don't get to different. see the logo as much. And a lot of them are um, Brazilian. Yeah. So we've got a good few Brazilians now. We've got a few from Russia, a few from Croatia. Got two Bellator lads, Ryan Scope. Brilliant. He's, he's our newest sign, and Ryan Scope. So what? Obviously, the seventy odd fighters. Then that's unreal. In terms of MTK, then as a brand, is that where it's all going to be? All the energy is is management, similar to the boxing, or there's going to be shows? Shows as well, mate. We've got our fit. Well, what happened when they when they went into MMA? They put a couple of shows on, small small shows, and I think they just wanted to find the feet. Um, Keelan Kettle took over and then he's moved away to Canada so I've come on board with Colin Erin um, we've got our first show on the September the 7th in the Olympia in Liverpool in Liverpool yeah mm-hmm. that's our first I wouldn't say our first proper one they've, they've done them in the past but we're going all out for that that's 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 the first yeah. show with like you and Colin at the helm kind of thing yeah 
driving it forward. And will will a car just be a MTK fighters? Um, no, no. Going to have a few on there, but mate, no, anyone. Because I've seen that MTK did a show on Friday last week, a boxing show, and it was basically one of the bo- one of the fights of the year was the main event. But they're doing more and more shows. I know Lee and isn't it? He does yeah, the boxing well, side I've of got, things. I've got two of my pros out my gym there on the twelfth of July. Um, in the Olympia on the boxing show and that's on ESPN Live that. wow so they're really taking off with the shows like yeah yeah well seeing the ESP the boxing show was on ESPN Plus as well yeah it was yeah. on ESPN so in terms of MTK MMA then that brand obviously signing marquee fighters like Darren Till is the key to yeah. you know in terms of management you, you want the bigger names possible similar to the boxing with the the live events Will it be, you know, a couple of months? Will it be, you know, because the boxing events now, they're doing one, at least one a month now. Is that the same yeah. plan with MMA or is it a bit more of a softly, softly approach? I think we're going to be looking six to eight shows a year. Yeah. Um, I know we've got this one September, then we're going to have another one before Christmas in London. Um, and then come next year, we're going to be looking to do six, six to eight, maybe ten. It's unusual MMA, year. you know, in terms of people who, people who listen to the show are probably aware. In, in boxing, the belts are held... Outside of the organisations, you know, you've got the, the world title belts like WBC, IBF, WBO and whatever, and you've got the British Boxing Board of Control, who have the Lonsdale belt, the British title belt. But MMA, it's different. Each organisation has their own belts in-house. Would that be something that MTK MMA would potentially look at, a British champion, a world champion, similar to like Cage Warriors? Yeah, yeah, in, in, in the long run, yeah. Obviously, you can't just start knocking belts out yeah. from the beginning. Uh, but yeah, 100%. Once we get a few show, few good shows in, um, have a look at the quality of the shows and the fa- the fighters coming on before we start throwing too many shows. Nick, I find start throwing like world titles, yeah, at shows and that, and you're like, well, you can't really be a world champion in your first fight in the show. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, give them away too easy. So it will be something we'll end up doing. I think a good few shows down the line, though. I th- I like the sound of it. I like the sound of a British and Irish type yeah, title. Of course, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, as you say, Cage Warriors do some fantastic work, and some of their shows, their shows now are really on point. They've got some great, great roster of stars. But they've they've introduced the Cage Warriors World Title Belt. You know, they they have that, but they also have a Cage Warriors Domestic Level yeah. Belt and stuff. And I'm like, just have one belt for your organization. Definitely. You know, it is what it is. If you're a world champion in Cage Warriors. Chances are your next step's going to be UFC or See. Bellator anyway, so and you're in the world champion there. Yeah. So it's a different kind of level. And also, you can't be a world champion if you're only fighting lads from Britain. Yeah. To be a world champion, you've got to be fighting people from all over the world. That's how that's how I look at it. Yeah. Some people will be like, "Oh, he's fighting for a world title against another kid from the area," who, and they don't bring any other people in from different countries. So, thing with us is we've got. Once we do get going properly, we've got that many fighters all over the world. So we can be pulling fighters in from all over the world to fight each other. And that's our aim. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Then we'll knock a world title up. Of course. In terms of first goals, then I mentioned then Cage Warriors. Probably probably the biggest, most established um, promotion in, in the UK. Is, is the goal to kind of replicate what they're doing? Is to do, you know, go beyond that or... Would, yeah. would you build a roster specifically for MTK like Cage Warriors? If you sign me Cage yeah. Warriors, you can kind of only that, 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 only fight on Cage that's Warriors. That's the avenue we're going, yeah. Yeah. To build the roster up, but we we you know people we're not going to be people will be able to come in and fight on the shows also. Um, I'm just want to build good shows, Nick. 
where people want to come and enjoy and think, you know what, fights are all good, evenly matched fights. I'm not one for throwing... You go to some shows and you see people getting jabbed and falling over and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah. And you see lads, oh, I'm not going to fight him. It, 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 it's, it's a touchy, you know, it's a close call, that fight, and I want to fight this and want to get a few few wins here. I'm not about giving people wins you know, either. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you're fighting, you're fighting. Both evenly matched fight. Yeah. Make good fights on the shows, and that's the main thing for me. Like Absolutely. And I think that's a, a strength that MMA's got, certainly over boxing in terms of... I think MMA fighters realise... No, it's that old adage, isn't it? If you if you don't beat in MMA, you're fighting the wrong people. Yeah, uh, I think that's a strength that MMA's got certainly over boxing, and hopefully that encourages fighters to go, yeah, go on, I'll, I'll take any fight on yeah. that show. Because at the end of the day, if you're not winning, if if you're not stringing together big wins on hopefully MTK shows, Cage Warriors, things like that, then you're not ready for the UFC, the UFC step up anyway. You go up and you just get found out right away, wouldn't you? Mate? And we've seen it, and we've yeah. seen you know we've seen guys with big numbers get signed by the UFC, the likes of Sage Northcutt, who's got big f- appeal outside of the sport yeah. they put him in the UFC and then you literally when you get to that level you can't match them with bums because there is not many there's bums not in there, there. Yeah. so eventually they get found, found out. out he's um, the guy who's been knocked out as well on one he's just he? moved over to one and got yeah. sparked out as well yeah so it's an exciting time obviously the, from from my personal point of view the, the great thing is I've known you a long time I've known Colin uh, two decades um, once again MTK's growth in this market is coming from Liverpool, just yeah, like the boxing, yeah. just like with Danny and Sandra Vaughan. They took that big next step with with people from Liverpool, and likewise, the MMA scene yeah. is coming from Liverpool as well. Are you? Are the fights going to be just based in Liverpool initially until you get until you no, build no. them up? We've we've got. We're already. I think it's going to be the, this week or next booking our venue for December in London, um, and then we're going to go. We're looking. We're going to be looking to do one in Newcastle, and we're going to be looking to do one in Belfast. Oh, brilliant! So yeah, it's what's going to be all over? What's the goal for twenty twenty? Would you say double figures? Would you say you might get ten shows in twenty twenty or six yeah. eight shows? Do you know what we're going? A minimum six, six to eight. But yeah, you know what? Who knows? Ten could do ten. What? How does you? How, the, the mad thing is, how do you fit it all in? <laughs> because you've got the NTK thing up and running now, and no doubt that that show's fast approaching. But you're still cornering boxers, you're still cornering MMA fighters, you're still cornering kickboxers, K1. Yeah. Do you get to see your missus and the baby anymore? Or? Yeah, do you know what, Nick? I've just come back from Rome, haven't I, as well, the weekend. That was IMAF, you were out IMAF, at the International yeah, Mixed Martial Arts Federation Worlds, yeah. And then I'm out this Saturday, I've got, got a lad fighting in Preston. Then I've got lads the week, out. It, it's busy, like, it is busy. Don't even know how I'll fit it all in, to be honest with you, Nick. <laughs> I'm sitting here now thinking I'll even fit it all in. Eight day week, I think. Yeah. Um, when you first met with the lads at MTK, what made you decide to to jump in with them in this MMA kind of department? It, you know, because listen, I know you've been around fight sports, and we'll come on to it later in the show. You've been around fight sports all your life, pretty much. Yeah. And likewise, Colin's got thirty years at the highest level. No one's trained more UFC fighters than Colin Allen in all of the UK. So, for both of you to jump in with MTK, you must have felt like the moment was right, or the team there. Uh, are in the sport for the right reasons yeah to be honest Nick I would come about for me I, I, I've knew the lads at MTK for a while do you know what I mean and when they they, they approached me about signing Darren so I went over and negotiated like with Darren and got him involved and stuff and I just seen how they were with him 
then when they said they were going into MTK, it uh, kind of like I said I'd help out, but then I was just mad busy myself, and I, I didn't really have the time. And then I'd agreed to do it if Colin was in it on it with me, but he, he didn't really have the time. But then I seen how where where it was going and where they wanted to go with it, and then they just kept asking us to be honest. Obviously, and I, I, I know the lads, and I know the way you know, I know the way they work and. They, they go for stuff so I agreed well, I think anyone looking at the the way MTK have taken it's over British boxing massive. it's absolutely insane I mean even though I think that the, the, with top rank as well in America um, it's massive the way it's taken off the way it's took off hasn't it of course and I know he's got the, the, they've got the same ambitions with MMA which is unbelievable when yeah. you think about it. So it's, you can't you can't knock, knock it like. What what I've what I've found with MTK that I think works certainly with the likes of Bob Arum at Top Rank and MTK have never really dressed themselves up. They've always gone with a management company yeah. first and foremost, and then they've gone okay we're putting on shows and the reason we're putting on shows is we've got so many lads we want to give them work, give them work and we want yeah. to get we want to get them well matched. But at no point have they kind of gone we're going to war with Matchroom we're going to no, war with Frank not. Warren we're going to go to war with Top Rank. They work with everyone. It's doing their own thing. Yeah, MTK work with every promoter on the planet. Yeah. No politics. Do your own thing. And is that going to be? Is that kind of the same values that going to take over to MMA? It's like we're not here yeah. to compete with Cage Warriors. Let's or, do our own thing. Yeah, we're not here to compete with the UFC. We're not trying to compete with Bellator. Get our own lads out fighting. Other people who need to get on shows, producing good shows, even matches. There's definitely a gap. There's a. It's one of them, isn't it, Nick? There's work for everyone, isn't there? I'm not one who's going, we're going to compete, we're going to do, just do our own thing. Yeah. Build it the way we want to build it. And just take it from there. Yeah, it must be exciting that the first show for you as well is here. Yeah, of course. in the Olympia thing. Where you fought there a few times. 9,000 fights in the Olympia. <laughs> I was there, over, when, what was the fight I was there for? I was there one night and you cleaned some fella out in the first round. Um. I don't know whether it was I don't know if it was bare knuckle or unlicensed boxing or whatever. It was wasn't it was it Danny wasn't the Danny Williams? It was Danny oh, Williams. Yeah, the, the fella Dan, was he called Danny Williams? Yeah. But it wasn't the heavyweight Danny Williams, it was no, some it was other fella. One. He was bigger. Yeah, yeah. He was, massive, he was huge, yeah. And my dad was telling me not to uh, I think I, I gave about six stone away in weight. And my dad was trying to get me to go home. <laughs> but yeah. Remember them. Let's uh let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your your journey then into into fight sports because quite similar actually to most people that come from Liverpool from our city most of us start in football but you know either it doesn't work out or it does work out and then we gravitate to fight sports I was football mad until I got to about 18, 19, 20 and then I drifted away from football and came a lot more over to fight sports I'm still a big footy fan don't get me wrong but I got more into boxing in my late teens you were a a good footy people. player, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Played is that it. how you? And that's tell us the story how you got into fighting through footy then. When I left school, I was at Everton, Samia, Man City. Um, I was playing non-league football, and um, I used to go to Everton Park Sports Centre. And he's dead now. There's a fella, Jimmy Mack, Poland. He was he was he was my good mate, and he used to put the body pad on in the squash courts, and. Uh, I've never seen nothing like him. I used to just watch him, and, and there was the likes of Mick Whitty, Mick Whitty Paul Smith, uh, Joe McNally. Everyone used to train with him. So was he a Thunder coach now? I think he used to do bits in the Thunder, Jimmy, yeah. And yeah. Uh, 
One day I was in there and I said, Here's a go with that. But I had to go and play football for the time in the afternoon. So he, he took me in there with this little tiny body pad on. He was, he was a big fella and just whacked me all over the squash courts with, with, with these little pads on. And I just remember thinking when I come out of there, oh, like, I want to do that again, you know, like, so I rang him and said, can I, have, can I do that with you every Saturday morning? So that's how I started. And then one one day I went to the, watch a bare knuckle boxing show. Yeah. And someone never, someone never turned up. So I just jumped in and had a go. How old were you then? Um, 18, I think, no, a bit older, maybe 19. And then I started training in Robbie Butler's gym, but I was still playing football. And I started training at Robbie Butler's gym, and then he asked me, he said, do you want an unlicensed fight? So I said, yeah, go on then. So I ended up fighting. Was that when George was there? Was Georgie Vaughan there then with yeah, Dan Matthews? Yeah, they were teaching the, the pros there yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up fighting against... Wales' strongest man in a nightclub in 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 Wrexham, and I gave about ten stone away, and I just remember getting picked up and threw all over the place by this fella, <laughs> and he, I just fell in love with it. Nick. I just I loved it, and just and from then on, I just started fighting all the time. So the footy just got swerved completely. Yeah, I just I was going training, and I just weren't enjoying it. I was thinking I'd rather be in the gym, I'd rather be here, I'd rather be going sparring and stuff, and and then from then on. I just, I was fighting unlicensed boxing and I took a K1 fight on a big show, but I'd never kicked before. And uh, Except goal kicks, that was it. Goal kicks, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I ended up just taking a fight against a super heavyweight who was one of the best probably at the time. Well, he was the best in the country. So I ended up turning up fighting him, got smashed with a low kick in my leg. And I'm thinking, what the, come on, I'm thinking, what was that? And then after that, just decided I wanted to learn that. And I went on, I had tons of K1, and then just, that's how I just, then I took an MMA fight. That was when it was in the olden days then, it was different and all like. And then I had a few of them, but I'd always sparred boxers, I'd always sparred Courtney Fry for years and other pro boxers, and then I just ended up turning pro in the boxing as well. So you've literally ticked so pretty much all, every yeah, box? I've done every single, the only thing I have never had is a karate fight. I don't fancy that, so <laughs> I like, so I've done everything else. Like. I've done a bit of research, but this is probably off, so I couldn't get, obviously, tra- traveller sites and bare knuckle, I couldn't get any stats on that, obviously, but I found um, 18 Mai Tai fights, 22 K1, 9 MMA fights, 8 full contact hitboxing, and obviously 3 pro boxing. Does that sound about right, or is that well off? Well off. Loads missing from there? Yeah, well off. I went to... I went over to Romania for a bit of fighting there, um, Holland... That all K1? K1 and other kickboxing fights, and then I had like 47 unlicensed boxing fights. Um, at 13. Um, oh, yeah, loads, loads of like. Is, is, is the Gillies family, is there a deep rooted history in fight sports? No, absolutely none. Really? Whatsoever. So, what was their reaction like when their son, this potential future, Football goalkeeper, Premier League star, turned around and went, I'm not doing that no more. I'm not going to take goal kicks. I'm going to train leg kicks instead. Yeah. Do you know what, Nick? I don't really think. As long as you were happy, they were kind of like, Yeah, on. I've always just done my own thing. I just. <laughs> I'm different to, 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 to my brothers and sisters. Like, 
So yeah, they just kind of left me to it. Don't none of your brothers or sisters fight or even into fight sports? No, my brother's um, he's a surgeon in the army. And my two, one of my sisters is a school teacher, and the other one's a company director of some. That's company. mental. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I'm black sheep. <laughs> growing up, did you? You know, growing up was you. Were you always kind of like you know gravitating towards more to sports? Or were they more academic? Yeah, I've always life? been into sports. Like always, always loved football and cricket at school and stuff. And at school, of someone had said to you, "Oh, when you when you're older, you're going to be a pro, a pro fighter." When you were still playing footy, would you have thought no chance? Yeah, cause cause I was playing footy and it, and it was like a part of your life where you were doing it every night. And but I always I was good mates with Paul Smith and. Um, McWitty when I was younger and, and people like that and they were all boxers and I'd go and play football I'd be playing Tuesday nights Saturdays then I'd go and watch them fight and I always used to think I'd love to do that yeah but I couldn't because I was doing the football but the best thing I ever done was do it to be honest with you and I don't regret a single you don't watch Premier League now and think oh, that could have been me nah, between the sticks for Everton there. Watch football, Nick. You know? <laughs> I haven't got, I'm not surprised. I've got time. Yeah, I don't got <laughs> me little lads football mad. So I take him like, but even then I think I don't even got no interest in it. Like. It's funny now, you know, because obviously when I was a kid, probably similar to yourself, as I say, up until about sixteen, seventeen, I was I, all I wanted to do was play football. Or I wanted to be a professional footballer. That was it. But now my dad, now I've got a son, and the way football is today. Forget about the money for a minute. It's probably one of the last sports I would pick for him to be. I would. I hate to be in professional football. Yeah, don't get me wrong. As long as he's happy, I don't care. But if I could hand pick any sport, football would be one of the way, last ones I pick. Just because the way they are yeah, as people, it's you know, changed, it? it's changed massively. It used to be like role models. Yeah. For I, me, Dalglish, you know, all these type of people, John Barnes. These these were role models. Whereas now, you look at the way some it? of the footballs footballers behave these days. Terrible. Like I, I, I was close with Big Nev. I still speak to him now. I speak to him all the time, to be honest with you. He was my coach. And they were like the last of the dying breed, weren't they? Yeah. It was like it was a working man's sport then. Yeah. Where you could relate to them, and it, it's not like that no more. They're no. All like superstars, aren't they? Well, a season and in the Premier League now, you're a millionaire. Yeah, that's it. 22 so. multi-millionaires running around on a pitch. We've got no Interest. nothing in common whatsoever with, with no the people one. that stand. Do you think part of that... Part of football's move to just complete affluence and, you know, so far removed from basically 90% of fans that buy season tickets these days or watch on telly. Do you think that part of that is the re- is, is the resurgence of fight sports? Because working class people are going, well, yeah. I can't relate to some Brazilian who's on, on 250 grand a week, yeah. but I can relate to the kid who used to live at the bottom of our street that's just won an Olympic medal and is now and in a second boxing. pro fight. Yeah, definitely, yeah, 100%. Tell me about MMA as well. Uh, let's get more focus on MMA in terms of the sport when you first got into it, where it is now. Like you said earlier on, you've just come back from the IMAF tournaments out in Rome, the World Championships or the European Championships for the International Mixed Martial Arts Association uh, Federation. Um, but when you first got into it, it wasn't mixed martial arts, it was cage fighting then. And it was, it was he's a boxer against a kickboxer, yeah, he's a sumo like... against a karate man. I remember fighting a fella called Jordan Radev. He'd just come out of the UFC and I fought him in Bulgaria. And um, I just looked at this little... He was like a little fat fella, to be honest with you. And I thought, I'm going to kick him. I'm going to kick him right across the ring. 
First thing I done is went to kick. He grabbed my leg, Nick picked me up about six foot in the air and just slammed me through the floor. And I remember thinking, what's that? Because <laughs> no, no one really, like, you'd have a wrestler against a stand-up fighter and you'd have a boxer. And you wouldn't even, after like years, 16, 17 years ago, I weren't even on social media myself or nothing. I didn't know nothing. So I'd just get a call, you know, like, there's a fight there. What weight gets on? You go. And, and most of the time, the weight weren't even the weight. Yeah. So it was, I remember getting arm locked on the floor thinking, well, what do we do here? How do, how do we get out? Now all the kids, they're like, they're all... Savants and everything. They've got everything, haven't they? <laughs> they can do anything. The, a bit of fun. Do you think, though, uh, listen, I, I know why the sport's evolved, because there's so much money involved. Obviously, the UFC is an absolute global phenom, and MMA, b- below it, the floodgates have opened. They get it. But back then, you know, back 15 years ago, 20 years ago when the sport was brand new when it was cage fighting that that element was fun though wasn't it it yeah. was fun to turn up and go you know you'd watch pride tapes and be like oh my god there's yeah. no way that 300 pounds uh, sumo wrestler is going to get beat by, by some 115 fella. pound jujitsu yeah. guy and next thing you know the sumo fella's crying with tears because his arm's about to get ripped off yeah it, it, there was a fun element to that maybe it's just me and you i don't yeah, know but no it was definitely I, I agree with you especially when you'd be going to venue and you wouldn't even know who you were fighting You'd have been no footage, there'd be nothing. You'd be thinking, is it him? And then you'd, you'd be going, hang on a minute, no, is it him? Now everyone can go and watch... Get on YouTube, YouTube or whatever. YouTube or the social media or... It's all changed. Yeah. But it was definitely more exciting. I, I Personally, I think years ago it, it was it was more... Even though I'm sure you must have got stitched up more than, more than once. I fought, no way of a lie, I fought, like... Never had an easy fight in my life, ever. <laughs> now I wish I'd, I wish I could go back in time and think, do you know what, I'm going to be a little bit more... I used to f- just get asked, do you want to go, yeah, 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 which was, you know, it was good in a way, but also it's a bit stupid at times. Like. Yeah. Obviously, along that journey, you ran into a young teenager as well called Darren Till. Yeah, Darren. Yeah. At, at what stage did Darren start, <clears throat> you know... Travelling with you, going to events. Because they had one story about you and... Weren't you fighting in Scotland or something and Darren was with you, but he was only a baby? He was like a teenager yeah. and he ended up taking a fight? So, I knew Darren from Bayard since he was a like a little kid. And then I went... He must have been 12. I don't know, maybe, yeah. And I went in I went in Sapphire training. and There was an old gym where we're from, Walton. There's an old gym, still there now, City Road Gym. It's like a proper old school gym. The floor's falling and everything, but everyone from County Road knows it. We've all drifted in and out at some point. So I ended up moving around with Darren. He was only little. And here's me, just I was just taking it easy with him, you know, like just uh, playing about. And he broke my nose. And like proper splattered my nose down across my face. <laughs> and that was it, mate, ever since. Yeah, I remember thinking... So then we went up to Scott. Yeah, we went we went all over. Nick, he was coming to watch me fight, and then I was going with him. And then we went up to Glasgow. Yeah, I, I went up and had a fight in Glasgow. It was in a cattle market that these fellas just put on. It was an MMA show, but it weren't really like if it was an MMA show now. I think it would have been shut down. It wouldn't have been. It was a bit. And was it a cage or a ring? Yeah, it was a cage. Yeah, but it was in a proper cattle market. It was. It, it was a bit of a mad one, like proper ma- Wild West yeah, MMA days a, in the middle of um, Dumfries. So Darren's come up with me to do my corner, 
it's only me and him going up and then I, I've ended up fighting and then after that they've asked me and said hey, what weight you, you you lad there what weight you and I said why said, there's a fight there for him against this fella if he wants to fight how old was that then? 15 maybe and I said no said, he's a kid he went we'd have given him 600 quid Darren's flipping I want the 600 quid <laughs> his eyes lit up <laughs> yeah so he's like I'm fighting I'm fighting no matter what you say he ended up getting in and absolutely pulverising some grown man, like. And then, because he was always fighting Thai boxing up until then, in K1. And then after that fight, we went to Romania. And he fought in a K1 tournament in Romania, and he won that against grown men. And quality grown men, though. And then he and he's still, what, at this age, like 16? 16, beating grown men up in Romania. And then um, come back, and I just said to him, look, you need to... Uh, you need to go at this MMA properly. And then sent him to Car like organised with Colin for him to go to Carbon then. Is he oh, oh, all your years in and around the gyms and training, would you say Darren's the best natural talent yeah. you've seen? And I'm not being biased because he's close to me, like, but he's just yeah, by by miles. By miles, his footwork, his movement is yeah. He's just like born to do it. Yeah, by miles. I mean I've took him Nick, we were going round. We had to spell me and Darren where we were like fighting every weekend. I'd fight. I think I had like thirty-two fights in a year. Um, unlicensed boxing and K one. I think it was even more than that. And Darren was coming with me, and uh, we were going together. And Alex Foreman, who's got master, he used to come with as well. Big Alex and uh, Darren was getting in with ex pros at the age of like fifteen, just schooling them in boxing. Oh, he always had a gift. Yeah. He has, he's got his fight IQ, he's brilliant. Let me ask you about, because um, you've done it all, you're probably the, the best placed person I've had on the studio to ask this question, but in terms of training then, boxing, kickboxing, K1, MMA, Mai Tai, you've wrestled, you've done jiu-jitsu, which, which is the most taxing sport to train, in your opinion? Do you know what, Nick, it, I think uh, all of it because K1 and that's Thai boxing and K1 is brutal you're getting kicked I mean I still train K- K1 all the time now myself you're getting kicked you're hurting your ankles you're, it's demanding MMA the same wrestling and but then when I transitioned to pro boxing I used to think well I've had loads of K1 fights I've had it's not it's not gonna be as demanding on your body and this but then when you when you're getting in with decent pros and the and the shots are for it can be it can be um and the tempo of it the shots you take to the head mm. in the boxing. So I think it all it all it, it all it's all hard, all of it. The boxing was only short lived compared to the others. You only had pre three pro fights, you had two yeah. initially. But that was the, with Frank Warren. Yeah, yeah. You had like Frank Warren well, for two I, fights. I, I, what happened was I, I was scheduled to do one and I was jogging down Scotty Road. Uh, Derry was fighting for a world title and I was on the undercard making me debut and it broke my ankle. It's like I went over on it, snapped me, li- and it's the worst injury I've ever had in my life just jogging. So I was out for like a year. Come back, I had two. Won them two and then it went again. Then I was out and then I come back and I, 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 um, Pricey was meant to fight on the World Super Series. And he pulled out and then phoned me and just said, look, would you be able to jump in? So I took that with like three days' notice. 
not bad for someone who's only had three fights that you were on at the Echo Arena yeah, as well. Yeah, so it was just another tick off the box, course, really. I absolutely. should have done it maybe a few years before, years before, but I was always fighting everything else. But wish I, I, half me wishes I would have done it when I was a bit younger, to be honest. It surprises me because you were, mate. You know, you're so good, mates with Paul, Mick Whitty, all of the all the lads from the Rotunda. It surprises me that it took you that long to get into boxing, pure I boxing. Should that's one of my regrets. I reckon I should have done it earlier because I was a bit of a jack of all trades, master and none. Yeah. But I always. It was always your hands that you came back to. Yeah, always, and I was sparring pro boxers for like all the way through my fight, like my fighting career. Anyway, I used to just spar pro boxers constantly. And I always, to be to be honest, I held my own with, with all of them. Good pro boxers as well. I Good remember ones, you went yeah. to spar um, Enzo Macronelli, former Macanelli, world champion. Uh, Matty Askin sparred him, British champion sparred him for years. Enzo Macronelli um, was sparring in London against decent all the time. Always, I always spar boxing. Is that why you went into boxing so late? Because it was kind of like if I don't do it now, yeah, I'll regret it. Because I've boxed at such a, I've sparred at a high level. I know I can do it. Yeah, and. I weren't one of them who said, I'm going to go into boxing, I'm going to become... It, it weren't that for me, it was, look, I played pro footy when I was a kid. Fourth MMA pro, I've done pro tie boxing, pro K1. I want to do pro boxing. Mm. I've trained in it and I'm going to finish doing it. From a coaching perspective now as well, because your gym is, like you were laughing earlier when you first come into the studio, today you've done... How many how many pads have you done today? How many rounds? <sighs> Loads, you know, I've had, like, I've had... I've had the pro boxers out my gym in that I coach and then I've had the uh, 2k1 fighters I've had them in for pads then uh, Lee Madison comes down he well him on pads and then an MMA session like non-stop <laughs> but that uniquely places you though to you're probably one of the only trainers in the country that can actually do that because you fought them all so you can yeah. you know you know it upsets me when I see lads being cornered by guys in in MMA fights or in boxing who have never competed in that sport, or sometimes you see guys at MMA and they're being cornered by like a boxing coach. You know, yeah, it's like it it's like going into an MMA fight and having Freddie Roach in the corner. Yeah, I don't care how good Freddie Roach as a coach as a boxing coach is. This is MMA. Yeah. He's the wrong person to have in your corner completely. It doesn't work, mate. Like, like I said to you before, Nick. Like I'll teach any aspect of striking for MMA. I can teach any of it: Thai boxing, K one boxing. I've wrestled for years on and off. I used to wrestle with Kahoon years ago. He was like, everyone knows how to. Pioneer Paul. Yeah, it's one of the main, like, he's how I, he, I forgot to mention him before, but Paul was my mate for years. I went all over to Holland with him training and that, but I still wouldn't go and teach wrestling because it's not. Not your specialty kind yeah, of thing. so I don't really, although I know it, bits and bobs, I don't know it how a wrestling coach should teach it. Yeah. So I don't do it, I don't, I don't bother. Speaking of Paul Cahoon, the, I watched the Bellator show at the weekend and seen Melvin Manoff on the on the main card. I think he was like co-main events or something mental like that. I remember watching him fight Paul Cahoon and I'm yeah, looking at him thinking, twice. how did Cahoon fight? Look at the size of Manoff. Cahoon, I remember Cahoon fought him at the Olympia. Yeah, Must be 15 years ago now. On, on, on Cahoon's head, Manoff, that, that day. <laughs> I'll tell you about Paul. Paul. I used to go he was to, a pioneer, Paul, oh, wasn't he? Mate, like, I used to go to Golden Glory. In Holland, in Holland with Paul for years, four or five years on and off, training. And he, he'd come in and he'd have like Alistair Overy and Gokhan Saki and like Stefan Lecho and all that. All the best fighters in the world and not one of them wanted to spar Paul. 
because he'd say, oh, he's, he's too dirty, he throws the head in on you, and he's, he, he's just, he's a one-off poor, like. That, that must give you a strength now, though, when you're, when you're teaching your pro boxers, or, or, you know, probably all elements, is that you probably know tricks and moves and shoulder rolls and tying, in terms of tying people yeah, up on yeah. the inside. Yeah, try and bring all that into the boxing 100%. Exactly, 100%. Try and, try and do it all and add it and bend, like, tying people up and just all of it. Boxing at the end of the day is just a combat sport, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's what people get caught up in a lot of the times, so certainly with boxing, is that it's like... Oh, boxing's like the noble art and then mixed martial arts and all the other fight sports are over here. And I think there's far more crossover than people to believe, certainly from a fan perspective as well. I think it's gone. The days now going, I mean, I like boxing. I don't, I'm not really into MMA. I think that's dying out, that yeah. shout. I think everyone's going, actually, I like fighting. fighting I like yeah. fighting in general. Well, even like one of my, my, my kickboxing coach who I've had for years, don't you know, you know Steve Reeves, Ozzy, everyone calls him Ozzy. He's, he had 100 and fights himself. He's 60. I've got him involved now. He's in with me, helps helps me with the pros and on the pads and stuff. And you can see, you you can see you see an argument. People will come and do the boxing classes, and then they'll go and do the kickboxing classes, and then do you know what I mean? They just do it all. Yeah. In my gym, so no one's really. No one, yeah, no. The divide's not really there no more, is it? But people like all of it, don't they? Yeah, I think. Listen, part of that is the fact that. So many boxers now have come out and be yeah. like, I love it, I love it. I love it like, yeah. Bell used the worst one. Every time yeah. you speak to Bell, he's like, if I could go back in time, you know, I'd be in the UFC by now. Because yeah. he absolutely loves the sport. And loads of MMA fighters love yeah. boxing and yeah, yeah. want to transition into. Of course. Do you think moving forward we'll see far more? Obviously, we've seen it with Conor McGregor on the biggest stage possible. That was quite gross because yeah, it was a complete mismatch. But that, like. do you think moving forward? You'll see, you know, young lads that you've got in the gym now that they might do a similar path to you in terms of a boxing fight, an MMA fight. I think the only problem now isn't it. MMA years ago, like you, you'd start, you go, I love boxing, and then like Mick Whitty, I go back to Mick Whitty again. Boxed for the Thunder for years, but then he he, he was also in the Wolf's League wrestling and that as well. So, in years to go, you could go, yeah, Mick could have a boxing fight, because mm-hmm. he, even if he fought MMA. But now with MMA, we're, it's all like, it's like a level playing field, and everyone's good at MMA. Yeah. I think you throw, you throw an MMA fighter in now with a decent pro meet, and it's got no chance. Just because the levels, because yeah. an MMA fighter day-to-day, his training regime might be boxing three times a week. Yeah. Whereas you're putting him in with a boxer whose regime is boxing twice a day. Yeah, five days a week. Yeah. And the level, the level's different. Yeah. The level, the the, the, the level's different in boxing for MMA. Who's the best you've, you 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 remember fighting in any code? Who did yeah. you get in with and thought, oh my God, well, this level's few, this? There's a few, you know, Nick, to be honest with you, all Europeans are 40, a fella called Patrice Corton in Paris, he was massive, he was a monster. Is this MMA or K1? K1. He, he just battered me like, he, he need me in the first round, in the face and I didn't get stopped but I got beat on points. I remember fighting him, he, he, I was well out of my depth him like he was a monster. Um, just a f- yeah, I don't know, I just thought, I, even when I've been beat I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. I always said it's You're never been like, like, it's never really, I've never been beaten and just thought, oh, that's me I just get beaten think I'll just fight next week yeah 
get well, another one next week. Yeah. But it's been, yeah, probably him. He, he was the best. Like, do you um, do you look at your journey in fight sports now? Do you have any regrets? Maybe the boxing thing. Maybe you done boxing a bit sooner. Is that probably your only regret? Or taking it maybe a bit more serious? Or yeah, know? like. I can say I've got regrets because I've done so much and done everything and never concentrated on ev- on, on one thing and was training everything all the time fight but then as a coach it's helped it's helped me. Yeah. Because I get I get it I get it all. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So your own personal career in terms of an athlete may have suffered, but now as a, as coach, a coach you're reaping the benefits. I've done everything wrong as well, Nick. So as much as I always train and I I don't have anything wrong, I'd just take fights. Do you want to fight tomorrow? Yeah, go on and I'll turn up and fight. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'll be injured or... So now as a coach, I know I can't let the lads do that because that's not... It didn't work for me. Of course. So I'd be more strict with my lads. I wouldn't let, wouldn't let them do what I used to do. Yeah. So... What's been the, what's been the peak so far as a coach in, in terms of... On a night, I know you coached. Obviously, you you were in the corner for Pricey against Bevekin. That was a big fight. Um, what what would you say right now in terms of coaching circles? What's been the highlight? Um, you you cornered a few UFC, haven't you as well? Yeah, I've done a few. I've done I've done a world champion, a world title defense in Kenya. That was good being out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Pricey Pivek, I've done Pricey twice, Pivekin and then. Um, uh, Kuzman, but I wouldn't really put them down because we both, no matter where you are, they both two defeats were in it, so yeah. you want to win. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been doing it for years, you know, even before my gym, I was stand up coaching the Wolves layer for years and that. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, just. Who's the kids you've gone to the gym now then? Anyone we should be looking out for? Um, mate, the thing with my gym is I have loads of kids from all different gyms. Come on, going. Yeah, it's like lion's scope, like, isn't it? Yeah, they come down, they go into camp, they'll come and stay in the gym and then they and they go into camp and so they're not although they're training with me, they're not they've got their own gym as well, so it's a bit of a mad one because I just come and do all the striking with them in the gym and things like that. I train, I've got all kinds. I guess that's what you know, another strength to your bow though, isn't it? As well. It's not yeah. like you've got okay, because obviously people might be thinking, wait a minute, if he's head of MTK MMA but he's on his own stable of fighters. Well, his own stable of fighters, they'll be getting locked after and all that. But yeah. that's the other strength. You haven't necessarily got this stable of fighters that you're, you're, you're invested in trying to look out for. You work with kind of people everyone, from everywhere. Everyone comes. And I've got my own pro boxing team. Uh, I've got like Mark Lover and Crichton and that. Um, Cy Ridge. I've got loads that come for stand-up for yeah. MMA. Loads. I've got Ryan Scope and... I've got no... So when it, for any for any budding MMA fighters who might be listening to this might be going, that sounds good to me, MTK, I want to be on the same roster as Darren Till, I want to be on fights, I want to get regular work. Can they approach you now? Can they approach MTK yeah. MMA and say, listen, sign me, maybe come to your gym for a session? Or, of course, yeah. Is that kind of how it works at the yeah. moment? It's like, MTK, the doors are open, come and see come us. Come and speak to me, yeah. Contact me. I mean, I've got loads of people contacting me now. I've got tons of Europeans, tons and um, Americans and Brazilians. I, I like I've got an email system on my phone. To be honest with you, Nick, I'm like a caveman with the phone. I, ca- I can't even. And I'm getting emails and I'm looking at them. And 
they're just firing through all the time. I mean, there's loads of there's loads of people that contact wanting us to sign them. Yeah. How can anyone get hold of you? What's the best way? Social media or knock at me out. Just knock on the just go <laughs> to the just go to <laughs> the four corners gym. Yeah. Four corners gym. On that phone no social media, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got someone now, Brandon, who who runs the MTK MMA page. Just contact Aaron. Okay. So MTK MMA page. On the Instagram, yeah. There's a contact on there. Get on there if you wanna get signed by MTK MMA and be part of this massive revolution that's about to go into overdrive from September twenty twenty. Sounds like it's gonna be an exciting year then for the brand. Yeah, it's good. Definitely. Um before I sign off, I need to ask you oh, Nearly forgot all about her. Did you catch Molly McCann at the weekend? Absolutely tremendous you know what, performance. Nick, I, I, I was in, um, I was in Italy, weren't I? Of course, you were over in Rome. Yeah, Rome, she was so absolutely I didn't brilliant. Watch it, but I she was very good. Like she was brilliant. She fought a girl who was ranked number fifteen. In yeah, the I've world. seen that girl fight as well. She, she's good. Yeah. So she must have been good to be. She was brilliant. She lit her up. Yeah, and then the last last thirty seconds of the first two rounds, she just dumped it on her back and rained on ground and pound. Good. But you know, Molly's winning these fights. But then during the fight, she's throwing spinning elbows, high yeah, kicks, you know, she's mixing it up. And, isn't it? Exactly. And that's what it's all about. And she seems to get that. And obviously, being from Liverpool, globally. It's striking coach size being my mate for 20 years. We've he, yeah. trained together and fought together. And it's that sign knows her stuff. Like. Yeah. I think with Molly as well, the big thing has been this weight cut. She obviously made a USC debut on Darren's undercard at Liverpool. Uh, coming at late notice, missed weight, and it affected her. But since then, She's had a you know proper team. I think Paul Reed does a wake up for her. Yeah, the lads yeah. at John Moore's University do all strength and conditioning. You know she's gone to the next level in terms of being an athlete, and I think you you've got to do that to survive in the UFC. Yeah, you can't. All, every box has got to be ticked. Yeah, every box has got to be ticked. Is that the goal for you in terms of a coach? Just maybe one day get one of your lads from the day walks into four corners and goes right. I want to train MMA to walk him out at the yeah. UFC and be like, boom. I'm just I built this kid. So a, a full time MMA coach. In the gym, who's going to be there for? Because at the minute, I'm like, I have the pro boxers in every morning, and then I stagger all the other fighters throughout the day. So, I needed a full time MMA coach, you know, to function on coaching the team, and then I'll come in and do striking. So, I'm just sorting that out now, and I've got a Brazilian coming over. So, once I get that in, I mean, we've only been open two years, Nick, the gym. Yeah. So, we've just got to build it, haven't you, step by step? And, but, yeah, of course, yeah. Absolutely. A kid. A young kid from that's what I mean. Scratch. Like like you know, like when you first met Dallin, you know what I mean? A twelve yeah. year old kid that breaks your nose first day and go, That's the kid. Yeah. I'll scratch, take him now right it. through. Yeah. Same with the amateurs, we just kick the amateurs off now. This'll be our first season. It's all about you want you want to see good good young kids coming through in it. Like DRT, I think DRT DRT done done it with they had a good amateur system and then got loads of good young pros coming through. Yeah. Thank you uh, so much for coming into the studio, welcome, my mate. mate. Much appreciated. Good. Best of luck with MTK MMA. Nice one. Pass on my, my regards for, to Mr Till as well. We're all waiting for his big news about coming back. He'll be back soon. I know he's having a few months off. We need to chill out. He deserves it. Uh, but hopefully, big things to come at the back end of this year, 2020. Can't wait. MTK MMA, you heard it here, you heard it live. They are looking to sign fighters. They're looking to put on big shows. If you are a budding MMA fighter from the UK, from Europe, from anywhere in the world, actually, and you're listening to this and you're thinking, I need a big break, just look what MTK have done with the boxing. And if you replicate that with mixed martial arts, I can't imagine there's a better business or management company out there to be associated with. You've been listening to Fight Disciples. I'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. 
Today we talk retrospectives with Agile coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or mirror board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast, so you turn all those retro notes into JIRA tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com.